0: To everyone this evening, and uh, those of you that are watching us online, I know again we've got a number of folks that have communicated they're not here this evening because of sickness, and so I pray that the Lord touches you. Amen. Let me get the Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter eight. And uh, excuse me, Romans 13, verse eight, Romans 13, verse number eight. And no, we're not about to be talking about finances tonight when you read the first part of the verse. <laughs> oh, no man, anything, but to love one another." For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment. If there's anything else, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Father, thank you for the privilege of being in your presence this evening. Thank you for the opportunity to join with believers of like precious faith. Thank you for your presence that we have felt manifested in this place tonight in response to our worship. Thank you for your touch. Thank you for those that are in this sanctuary that you have touched and those that we have prayed for that are not here that I believe you have touched. Thank you for the power of your touch tonight. God, I pray that you would speak to us tonight. I pray, God, that your word would minister to us Minister to us individually and let us receive collectively as a congregation what you would desire to say to us tonight, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to read these verses to you from a couple of other translations. First off, the Living Bible says it this way, pay all your debts except the debt of love for others. Never finish paying that. For if you love them, you will be obeying all of God's laws, fulfilling all His requirements. If you love your neighbor as much as you love yourself, you will not want to harm or cheat him or kill him or steal from him. And you won't sin with his wife or want what is His, or do anything else the Ten Commandments say is wrong. All ten are wrapped up in this one, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love does no wrong to anyone. That's why it fully satisfies all of God's requirements. It is the only law you need. And then the Message Bible says it like this. Don't run up debts except for the huge debt of love you owe each other. When you love others, you complete what the law has been after all along. The law code, don't sleep with another person's spouse, don't take someone's life, don't take what isn't yours Don't always be wanting what you don't have and any other don't you can think of. (laughs) Finally adds up to this. Love other people as well as you do yourself. You can't go wrong when you love others when you add up everything in the law code, the sum total is love. I know I've read it before because I've had to read the Bible through at least three times because I've gotten three levels of ministerial license, and it's required each time you get your license. So I know, if nothing else for that reason, I've read these verses before, and I'm certain that other times as well I've come across them. But I, I, I don't, and I, I hesitate to keep saying it this way, but. Also, uh, while I'm thinking of this, and and uh, I, I've know I noticed the other night, I think it was when Brother Shelton was ministering, and I, so I was just sitting over there. I saw a lot of Bibles. That was really cool. I know Thursday nights were kind of rushing. I don't see as many tonight. And I don't have mine tonight. So, I, but I, I thought that I was not trying to guilt anybody or whatever. And I've heard of others scrambling to get a Bible. That's that's really. Encouraging. I mean that sincerely. Um, but again, I, I've said it a couple times in the last several weeks. I, 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 I'm almost, I've, I've finished rereading all of Paul's epistles. I'm almost probably a little over halfway done with the other epistles. And and, and just, man, there's some amazing stuff. Even in the King James And the other the other day as I was finishing up Romans and read, I don't know that I recalled that Paul had referenced, had made, had made this statement that, that you can just you can sum up the law. That all the anything else can fall under this category of love your neighbor as yourself. I, I, it's really similar, and I'll go ahead and read them. Matthew twenty-two and thirty-six. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, "Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like in like into it. I think that's supposed to be unto. I I did a typo. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, now watch this. Paul said that thou shalt not covet, and, there, and if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Jesus says basically the same thing this way. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. All the other commandments hang on these two things. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. If those two things are the focal point of your life, everything else will fall in place. Everything else will take care of itself. The Living Bible says it this way. All the other commandments and all the demands of the prophets stem from these two laws and are fulfilled if you obey them. Keep only these and you will find that you are obeying all the others. Focus on these two and all the others will fall into place. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself, you know I, I, there have been, been several times throughout my ministry i 've taught on or preached on love and some whatever, and i got to tell you every time I, every time I teach or preach and love is kind of the basic thing I, I sort of and it 's got to be flesh there 's no way it 's my spirit there 's just like this oh whatever love it just goes to show you don 't understand love if that 's a person 's reaction. Oh, we're going to talk about love. You don't understand love. Love is tough. Love is rough. Love makes you do things you don't want to do. Love makes you respond in ways you don't want to respond. Love makes you put up with junk you don't want to put up with. So it's no wonder that Jesus said on these two things, hang all the law. And Paul said, if you'll love your neighbor as yourself, everything else will take care of itself. Here's the other thing that I battle every time I teach or preach anything along these lines. Brother Wright, really? That's what you're going to talk about? That's what you're going to minister on? Really? Yeah, really, because I've seen fresh and anew in the last couple of months, my mind has been boggled again about fundamental things that it blows my mind people somehow think is okay. I'm not talking about the world and sinners. I'm talking about supposedly saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled folks. You know... If I had trouble picking up this microphone if, if if this microphone pushed the limits of my strength, I'd be really stupid going over here and trying to carry this keyboard by myself. That's actually not too bad. Maybe I'm just that buff. <laughs> Wasn't as heavy. As go grab a speaker. That that would be stupid. See it does. Whoa, whoa! I'm the boss around here. I'll move them if I want to move them. We got people all worried about. Oh boy, here I go. I just got through, literally, I just got through praying before I walked up here. God, please let me teach and minister tonight with the right attitude and the right spirit. We got people all worried about gifts of the spirit and whether they're an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, and they haven't even gotten the basics down. You, you need. You, 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 if you don't have a proper foundation, you you, you can't be building something that's going to last if it's not on the proper foundation. I, I, Paul, the guy that was in the third heaven, is saying, "Hey, everything hangs on this." Love your neighbor as yourself. And and you'll hear it more throughout the rest of this evening. We do, many of us do this great job at loving the sinner. Well, we love the world. We're all about loving the world and can't give each other the time of day. You'll go preach to everybody on the street. What about your brother who you have seen? Everything else, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't worry about all that. Just love each other the way you love yourself. Well, I don't really like myself. Most of us don't. I am. I'm, I'm fifty stinking one years old now, and I look. I'm looking in the mirror right before I came to church, going, "What is up with my hair?" I'm at the point I don't have to care anymore, but I do. I, boy, I, I made up my mind. I, I'm going into this. I'm not going to do what I've done all other 50 years and gain 20 pounds in Janu- or November and December. I keep getting on the scale. Whoop, whoop. Uh, you know what, you, the, the old saying is you don't have to like somebody to love them. I don't, I, I don't know if it's biblical, but I think it's true. <laughs> I, 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 I think there's an element of truth to that. You, you don't necessarily have to like somebody to love them because love is, I mean, excuse me, like is, is a lot less serious than love. No offense, but but most young people fall into like. They don't fall in love. You fall in like, and the reason you can prove many times you fell into like is because when things start not going very well, you get out of it. When you fall in love, you're stuck. Like it or not, you're in it. So, you know, Yeah, maybe we don't like ourselves, but we love ourselves. I don't, agree, I don't agree. Let me go look in your medicine cabinet. Let me go see how much you If you got any Advil with you right now, you love yourself. If you got any Advil in the car or at home, you love yourself. I'm not preaching against Advil, we got some at home. I don't see anybody sitting on the concrete floor right now because you love yourself. No one, unless you've got some kind of mental issue going on, no one intentionally hurts themselves or continues doing something that hurts. The only thing most of us continue doing that hurts is sleeping every night. All the young people are like, what? I said it, I'll keep saying it. When you're, when you're young, you go to bed hurting and aching and worn out. You get up the next morning feeling great. When you get older, you go to bed, everything's finally moving fairly well, no more pain for the day, and you wake up in the morning and you know somehow there was a train that came through your bedroom because it hits you. Because when you just simply go to get up out of bed, there are moanings and groanings that cannot be uttered. We all love ourselves. There may be some things we don't like about ourselves, but we all love ourselves. Jesus said it, Paul says it, if you would just love others the way you love yourself. It is mind-blowing to me the things that others do to us that we get so mad about that we do to others. Why? Because we love ourselves. Watch, watch what this, Matthew five thirty eight. You have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him too. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn thou not, turn not thou away. You have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love your neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. If we are supposed to love our enemies, bless them that curse us, do good to them that hate us, pray for them that despitefully use us and persecute you, how in the world should we be treating those that are our brothers and sisters? If that's the way we're supposed to treat our enemy... You gossiped about me, so I'm going to gossip about you. You mistreated me, I'm going to mistreat what? He said, you ought to go the extra mile for, for your enemy, much less your brother and your sister. John, John, John 13, watch this. A new commandment I give unto you. That you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Wait a minute. How is that new? How is loving your neighbor? How is loving one another a new commandment? It's all the way back in the law. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's not a new commandment. But he says, I give you a new commandment. What's the new commandment? Why is it a new commandment? It's a new commandment because what he is saying, we'll read the next verse in a second, what he is saying is it's new in the sense this is supposed to be the defining characteristic of who you are. That all other groups are known by, by other things. They've got other qualities and characteristics that they are known by. But he's saying, this is what I want you to be known by, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another by this. By what? Love, but love for who? Who's the one Another. He's talking to believers there, disciples there. Clarify this. This is how they're going to know you're my disciples that you have love one to another. Not that you got love for all the world and the sinner and all that. That's secondary. If we love each other, we ought to automatically love the unsaved. By this shall all men know. Sitting in a meeting earlier today, and as I was sitting there in the meeting, my mind was also, back of my mind was on this evening, and I felt like the Lord dropped this statement into my spirit. Tongues is the initial evidence you receive the Holy Ghost. The fruit of the Spirit is the ongoing evidence the Holy Ghost has you. You can tie my tie, I tie your tie. Who stole a key to my Honda all day long? Some of you have never heard that before. Say it real fast and you sound like you're talking in tongues. You can read mail, prophesy, but by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you have love one for another. And I probably don't have to clarify it, but I'll just go on record and say he's talking about agape love. He's not talking about a lesser form of love where it's, I'll love you as long as I'm getting something in return. He's talking about loving with an unconditional love. Can you you imagine, can you imagine where you would be, where I would be if Jesus did us the way we do others? Don't, 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 please don't, don't uh, misconstrue what I'm, what I'm about to say. I'm not talking about uh, seriously abusive situations and things. I'm not talking about that, okay? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about less serious stuff. Oh, they, they ain't doing that to me again. They hurt me already. They will never hurt me again. What would you do if Jesus said... To you, you let me down before. You ain't letting me down again. I'm done with you. Not one of us would have a chance in this world. How amazing is it? We want him to treat us one way, but... I, I. I Master, I, I owe you a hundred bucks. Please forgive me, or, or excuse me, I owe you $10,000. Please forgive me of my $10,000 debt. Oh, Okay, you're forgiven. Walks away and finds a guy that owes him a hundred bucks. You've just been forgiven $10,000, and now you're going to hold somebody accountable for a hundred dollar debt. When I think about all that he's forgiven me of, who in the world am I to think I have a right to hold a grudge against you because you said something offensive to me or you let me down or you mistreated me or you talked about me behind my back? He, he, he He didn't say, by this shall all men know you're my disciples, that you talk in tongues. That you dance and shout. That you dress separated from the world. That you believe in one God. All of those things that are very important, that are fundamental to what we as apostolics believe, it's not one of those things that he said would be the identifying characteristic of his disciples. He said it's the way you love one another. I got a question tonight. If the world would to sit back and observe you and I for a while, would they identify us as his disciples because they see that we love one another, not tolerate one another, not put up with one another, but that we love one another. And you know what, this this is not intended, and I have to leave it between you and God to judge it, and if you feel otherwise, then so be it, but this is not intended to be a defensive point that I'm about to make. It's not intended to be an excuse, but that... (laughs) Whatever faults we have, whatever faults this congregation may have, do me a favor, just go reread the epistles. (laughs) I I said it at pause. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes I get discouraged. I am doing such a horrible job as a pastor. This is going on, this person. I just go reread the epistles. Again, I know we got smaller kids here, but you know, I, we we've had some issues with some fornicating, but at least it hadn't been a son and his stepmom. <laughs> I I ain't saying fornicating's okay. <laughs> and 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 you know, brother Wright, you you show favorites. Well, I don't. I I promise you before God, I'd never intentionally do that. But if you got a problem with me, you got to have a problem with Peter. Peter, the guy that's walking around with the keys to the kingdom, is hanging out with the Gentiles when none of his Jewish brethren are around, and he's all chummy with them, getting along great, until the Jewish brethren start to show up, and now he kind of moves himself away from all the Gentiles. Peter! The Apostle Peter. The Apostle Paul calls out the Apostle Peter. My brother, I, you know, I we just we got clicks here. Some say they are, of, they are of Apollos, some say they are of Paul. Okay. So what you're saying is we got humanity. There's a slight problem. If there ever is a perfect church somewhere, if you or I decide to go there, some of y'all get that in a moment, huh? On this, on this hangs. I, I, I'm just we. It, we I believe, I want, I pray it regularly. I, I pray it almost every Sunday morning before service when we have our deacon's prayer and several other part of that. I, almost every Sunday morning I pray, God, I, I pray that the gifts of the Spirit would operate in this service today. We need the gifts of the Spirit to operate here today. And, and we need the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. And, and we need all these things working and operating. And Paul... In 1 Corinthians 12, he's talking about all kinds of gifts. He talks in there about the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge and other things the gift of faith. He talks about different gifts in there and then he gets to the end of chapter 12 and he said but covet the best gift and I'm going to show you a better way and again it's a help to us but sometimes it's a hindrance because you go, we go from chapter 12 to chapter 13 and all of a sudden we're now in a new chapter but chapter 13 in verse 1 is the continuation of the last verse in chapter 12 in which he says I'm about to show you a better way and the better way he he's about to show you and the thing that we are supposed to covet is love he says if i do all these great awesome wonderful things but i don't have love it's worthless on this Understand, there is not not one single problem we have in this congregation that would be a problem any longer if you and I would just love each other as we love ourselves. How, How simple is that? How simple is the fact that if you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and your neighbor as yourself, everything else... I don't know what's happened in the last week. I, you know, I, I, I've learned enough. I understand a little bit enough about it that, that whatever you, if you're going through your Instagram feed or your, uh, I, I guess, Facebook to a degree, I know Instagram does it at least more in my experience if you're just kind of scrolling through the, the Explorer feed or whatever. The, the longer you stay on a particular thing, the more related stuff starts to pop up. And somehow, I don't even know how, but somehow I, the other day, what popped up that I started on was, you know, this, this lady who is, he she's her Instagram name is Reverend something or other, but she has been de- decompressing, I think it is, from her Christianity and all of the things she went through. You know what happens if you sit there for too long, and next thing you know, you are now got other people that are. People, you know, that I, 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 don't, I, I don't go to church anymore because of this, and I don't, this and that, and blah, 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 blah. Please tell me you don't go anywhere in the world then. Because wherever you go, you're dealing with imperfect people. But the bottom line is this, if we got a lack of love, we're going to end up with some problems we shouldn't have. Love doesn't mean you're never going to have issues and problems. Love doesn't mean you're not going to say things that are hard to hear. Absolutely not. You, you know, uh, the, the, we the, our problem, the problem we we, we face, and there, there was a verse or something recently that started this. I wish I could think of it. and I can't think of it offhand, but but we don't do a very good job as friends because we most of us have a real struggle being honest with our friends. Do, do you think I'm this way? Oh no, you're. Oh, no, I, they, no. So what happens is we have to have enemies who don't really care anything about us, but they'll tell us the truth. Because we won't... I'm, again, this, like I said earlier, this, this love thing is not some fluffy little whatever cotton candy thing it's hard it's rough husbands love your wives as Christ I really hate to say this on live stream with what's going to be archived and you're sitting here and she's sitting here and I'm about to indict myself in front of the world But the bottom line is this, if I would just truly love my wife at all times as Christ loved the church, we'd never have one issue in our marriage. as much as I'd like to blame her for whatever problems we may have, if I would just, because at the end of the day, he can blame me for my issues and my problems, but he never did that. He loved me and gave himself for me and provided everything I needed to overcome my issues and problems and my struggles. So love is not some wimpy, mamsy-pamsy, flighty thing. And, and, and now, watch, watch this. Well, okay, I, you know, I, I love, I love, I love y'all. Listen, listen to what, listen to what Peter said. First Peter one twenty two. Seeing you have purified your souls, in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. You know what? Let me let me go back to something before I go there. Uh, where is it at? I don't have it in here. Oh, there it is. Never mind. We'll get there. I'm getting ahead of myself. Seeing you have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart, fervent a question I want you to ask yourself a question do I love my brothers and sisters fervently fervently do I love you fervently if if I and I know this is a Thursday night crowd and so you're not the ones that probably really need to hear this but some of you still could use it a little bit if you try to minimize your time and your interaction with the body, you're not probably not loving fervently. If you try to get in the back door and out the back door so you don't have to talk to them and you don't have to talk, you're probably not loving fervently. Peter didn't just say love for the brethren. He says do it fervently the passion translation says it this way now because of your obedience to the truth you have purified your very souls oops and this empowers you to be full of love for your fellow believers so express this sincere love toward one another passionately and with a pure heart. Now, I ain't coming up to you, brethren, hugging all over you. That's, that ain't what this is talking about. I, got, I, I believe the Bible, but I'm just going to tell you when Paul and I think Peter's the other one that does it, when they signing off at the end of the epistle that we were to greet your brother with a holy kiss, that was a different day and time. I don't know what was going on back then, but it wasn't what's going on now. If I got to do that to get to heaven, we got some praying through to do. I'm not trying to kiss no scruffy cheek. He says, love... Toward one another passionately, and with a pure heart. Passionately. That's why. And you know what? Can I just can just let me just take a little let me just take a little 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 uh, segue here for a second. Let's not ever stop referring to each other as brother and sister. First of all, it, it, it's a, I think it's a sign of respect, but it's also a, a continuous reminder. You know, I, there's this big deal in the church world today, everything on a first-name basis. I, I, I don't, I, you know, it's amazing that the things that are just good, plain old common sense, there's really not something wrong with them. I don't think more people are getting saved just because you don't call him Pastor so-and-so anymore. You just call him. I don't really care if you call me Pastor David. Just don't call me Pastor Dave. I don't care. (laughs) I guarantee you, before I get out of here, son, tonight, somebody. Every time I talk about... Preaching and it being a good speech and not being a speech without fail. Somebody, that was a good speech tonight, Brother Wright. <laughs> not all turkeys were on the table last week. <laughs> it, it's, and let me tell you something. While I'm, I'm going to take a segue on the segue. You know, I've heard this more and more commonly the last several years with with men of God, just referencing them by their, you know, uh, stone king, this, and what in the world? Well, they're not any, but no, they're not, but walk into the admiral's office and just call him by his first name and see what happens. Something about the office that it's not about the individual. So when I say, when I say brother, and I realize those of you that are younger, I don't probably don't say brother Tommy, but anybody that's my age or older, that's just is again, yeah. First off, it's it, I think it's it's respect, but it's also it's this bond that we have. Love one another passionately. And with a pure heart. Brother, if we spend all our time loving one another, we're never going to reach the world. I would beg to differ that when we would continue and grow in loving one another, we would actually do a better job of reaching the world. Because if we're reaching a world and bringing them into an atmosphere where we don't have true love, they're not going to stick around because they're not looking for another club or another organization. They're looking to find something they can't find anywhere else in the world. And if you can't find it in the church, where are you going to find it? I've been deeply concerned the last several years now at how quickly stuff out there can divide us in here. I said us. I'm not talking about the church world. I'm talking about Antioch Central. Who's in the White House or not? Vaxed or not? Masked or not? It's a scary thing when stuff so simple as that can get us bickering and fighting with one another. I don't have to agree with your politics to love you. And you don't have to agree with mine to love me. Oh, it's my, I got the right, free speech. You know, there's a lady that was coming for several years, and, and you know what? On what part of me says ah, that's ridiculous, that's no excuse, and it's not. But there's a lady that was coming for several years, pretty faithful on Sunday mornings, that will not come at this point, as stated, she will never come back. You know why she's never coming back? Because of stuff she read on Facebook from people a part of this congregation posting. And some stuff that you know what you were probably at least from my perspective what you were saying was true was right. But is it worth it? Is it worth it? Well, if that's there, that that's like giving a baby a T-bone steak and saying it's food, so they ought to handle it. What? I'm talking about love. Hmm. Fervently, passionate. When you love fervently, you can't wait. What's the, what's the next opportunity? What's the next chance I have to be around my, my brothers and sisters? What's the next thing we get to do together? I'm not talking all about just praying all the time. what happens when you love fervently passionately how many thousands if not hundreds if not millions of people faithfully go to church check off the box but do not love fervently 1 John 3:14 we know Watch this, watch this. We know that we have passed. This is how we would, most of us would say it. We know that we have passed from death to life because we have been baptized by full immersion in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and we have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Well, I know you're. Some of you, it, you know it's not there, but you're, you're in your mind. You're thinking, "Yeah, I know," but John messed that one up. I, mean, I, I realized John said that, but he kind of got that one wrong. He he forgot about the day of Pentecost. We know we have passed from death to life. we know we have passed from death to life because we love the world. Because we are fulfilling the great commission. None of those things. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love The brethren, he that loveth not his brother abideth in death. death. And for all the sisters in the house, that ain't leaving you out. Because he's not talking gender there. Generically, the brotherhood. This is how we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and you know not, and you know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. Literally laid down his life for us. Most of us will more than likely never be put in a position to literally lay our life down for another person. Saying it will never happen, but it's not the norm. Does that mean we're excused from laying our lives down for someone else? Absolutely not. In fact, you would think we'd be a little more willing because we're not really asked to do it in the ultimate sacrifice. I'm going to lay my life down. We ought to lay lay down our lives for the brother. He laid down his life for us. Therefore, we ought to lay down our lives for each other. How out of the way are you willing to go for a brother or a sister? How much are you willing to be inconvenienced For a brother or a sister? How much are you willing to adjust your plans if need be for for a brother or a sister? We we're not asked most of the time to lay down our literal life, but we're given an opportunity frequently, regularly. Are you willing to lay down your life to help somebody else succeed in their ministry? Are you willing to lay down your life, perhaps give up recognition and support somebody else and what God is using them for or doing through them? Your name never be called. No one else ever, no one ever give you the credit. That's laying down our lives. And the motivation, the basis for that is love. It's Love. Love your neighbor as yourself and everything else. If you love your neighbor as yourself, how in the world do you ever gossip? If you love your neighbor as yourself, how in the world do you ever be a talebearer? If you love your neighbor as yourself, how in the world do you ever spread rumors? If you love your neighbor as yourself, how in the world do you sit with one supposed friend who bears their heart to you with their struggles and problems and issues and then go to another friend and tell them everything that friend just told you? How in the world? You don't do that if you're loving your neighbor as yourself. And by the way, In case you don't know it, the person that's willing to sit there and tell you everything about everybody else, it's not because they've got so much trust and confidence in what a wonderful person you are. And if you think that they're confiding in you and you can confide in them, you are the biggest fool in the world. Do you know there are things like every other husband there are things that I unintentionally forget to tell my wife. I hate those times. Did you know? Yeah. Were you supposed to tell me? Yeah. yeah. I forgot. I'm 50. It's a decade. It's a decade. Did y'all hear Bishop at pause? Said I was 52. That's that I think it was my my it was my 30th 39th birthday. My phone rings first thing in the morning. I answer. My dad. You know what today is, son? I knew exa- I had the gift of discernment working that day. I knew exactly what he was going to say, and that is exactly what he said. Today is the first day of the 40th year. That's fine, but I am 39. <laughs> and for the next 364 days, I will be 39. But you know what? There's, there are things that my wife, some things she just looks at me and gives me that look. You knew, didn't you? Yep. You didn't tell me. Nope. Because it's rough enough that I got to try to work through it. Why do I want to dump it on you to have to work through? Probably one of the scarcest resources in the world is a confidential friend. Brother Kimbrell, I hope you don't mind me sharing this, but Brother Kimbrell shared with me a couple weeks, a couple Sundays ago, something the Lord had shown him. And kind of about Bishop's ministry, my ministry, and may not get it exactly the way he said it, but he, he had a vision. He saw Bishop as this, like this large rocket taking off, and there was, you know, the I guess the the impact of that was just so massive, and everything in its wake, and just was an absolutely awesome thing to see. And then I, I forget exactly the way he phrased it all, but my 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 ministry is is laying a foundation. I needed that very much. I want to be the rocket, really. If you want to be honest with you, I'd rather be the rocket, but. <laughs> I'm telling you, man we just we just came off we just brother right don't you this we are standing on holy ground we had people come from all over the nation to mecca Place, I, I'm not. I'm being a little bit lighthearted, but I'm not. I don't mean it to be disrespectful. So please hear me. This is the place where revelation flows. It is. This is the place where men and women of God get up here with great revelatory teaching. Did Did you forget where you are, Pastor? No, I didn't. Because we love all of that. While we're consistently rude to one another we love to focus on all of that when we can't stand certain folks in the church what in the world you are not known because of your tongue talking some 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 of you need to hear me i'm not trying to be mean to i really am not i'm no pun intended, I'm talking to you out of love. <laughs> Some of you, 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 you're using the wrong measurements. I mean, if you said, what's, what's the temperature in this sanctuary? And I went over here, I said, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's 67 feet. <laughs> what? Feet? is a valid measurement. But not for temperature. Pounds are a valid measurement. But not for height. Tongue talking is an indicator you got the Holy Ghost. But the fruits show whether or not the Holy Ghost has you. If I can't stand you, I may have a problem. And I might need to look in the mirror first before I decide what all the issues are that are your issues. Oh, Lord. Fervently. Fervently. On all of this hangs, on these two things hang all the law. All other commandments are are wrapped up in this. Love your neighbor as yourself. I got a question. This is going to take some real honesty. How, How many of you have... I won't say have ever because there's probably a few of you that would fall into that category. Let me ask it this way. How many of you have, have at some point, consistently, intentionally hurt someone close to you? Premeditated, intentionally hurt them? A couple people. Thank you for that. That's the rare thing, though. most of us don't hurt people by well, let me see well, I wonder let me try what was the best way I could hurt Tommy? I mean, how could I offend Tommy? I have never one time in all my fifteen years of pastoring. I have never one time gone to the pulpit and thought, what can I say to make so-and-so mad? What can I say to run somebody off? I've said plenty of things that have made people mad. I know you can't believe that. Somebody like me, I, but it's happened. What can, I, what can I do to offend somebody this week? you know what, if somebody does something that offends me and I love them as I love myself, then I need to first and foremost give them the benefit of the doubt. You know what, I don't normally go around hurting people just to hurt people. And when I've hurt people before, it usually was not intended at all. So there's a good chance before I jump to conclusions, maybe I ought to step back and love them the way I love myself. I, I know this is—I know this is going to be such a ridiculous statement—but every problem, at literally every issue in the world, would go away if we loved God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loved our neighbor as ourselves. That's what boggles my mind about all these people out there arguing whether or not the Bible's true, whether or not God's real. Usually those that are arguing at the most have got some of the most messed up lives. So leave me to my delusion because I'm living a pretty good life. My love. I mean, I just think think about you know. You just put it down into some practical levels. Show up for a ministry function and something's not done the way it should have been. Something's not there you're counting on. If you love somebody else the way you love yourself, you know what? I, somebody must they must have just forgot. There's no way somebody intentionally premeditated, what can I do or not do that's going to cause this person to get all upset with me? What in the world? Bottom line is most of us don't like for people to be mad at us. Most of us like for people to like us. Kind of the norm. So I'm not going around intentionally doing stuff. It happens in this building. Some of y'all don't have to deal with it because of the roles of ministry you're in. But it happens all the time. You walk through rooms, stuff is left undone, or stuff wasn't put back, or somebody didn't do this. You know that volcano that's erupting in Hawaii? It doesn't have nothing on the volcanoes that erupt around here sometimes. I, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully not in the flesh, hopefully in the spirit, but I, I'm trying to intentionally get this down to some nitty-gritty levels. Because some of y'all are just so great up here in the heavenlies. This thing ought to apply on a daily basis in every aspect of our lives. We ought to be the nicest customers, the nicest neighbors, the nicest employees, the nicest employers. We ought to be all. We ought to be the best tippers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Of course, the problem is again: most of us are a lot better off doing that out there than we are with each other. You can't love god that you haven't seen if you can't love your brother who you have seen by this by this what good is a is an oikos that's not based on an atmosphere of love good is it? But what good is one that is based on an atmosphere of love? An atmosphere of love is the safest place in the world. That's why we That's one of those other things that's kind of been popping up on my feed with some of that other junk. I need to be shutting some more stuff off. (laughs) What we believe is not the issue. What we believe about how you should dress is not the issue. The attitude is what's the issue. A lack of love is what's the issue. I'm here as long as basically you're not naked. You can come, I dress however you want to dress. It's amazing. We, I need to quit before I get into this one. But if you stand for morals and values, you are intolerant. The most intolerant people in our world today are the ones that stand for tolerance. Because as long as you think the same way believe the same thing they believe for, that's tolerance. But if you are on the other side of their agenda or their beliefs, you are intolerant. say this as generically and whatever is possible, in the course of the last 13 months, we've demonstrated pretty well in this congregation the ability to love somebody that was completely contrary to what we believe and stand for. And a man of God stood up here and said, this is a safe place. Because if you have love, I don't, I don't, my, the, the four kids that grew up in my house, <laughs> I they, I don't agree with everything they've done. I don't agree with everything they think. I, I love them. <laughs> haven't, never kicked one of them out. Never disown what why? Because of love. I don't have to agree with everything to love you. I've taught it a couple of weeks ago with the family class. I wonder what I wonder what would happen if we would agree that once every couple of weeks, just on a personal level, we'd read First Corinthians chapter 13. Well, it's just every couple of weeks, especially in some of the other translations. You ought to, I mean, read some of the other translations besides the King James and some of the ways it tells you what love is, what love does. Love covers. Love covers. Love covers. i, I, I I've heard my dad tell this, and there are these kinds of things, and now I've lived them myself, and I don't... I don't say this by the grace of God. I don't mean it. By the help of God, I don't mean it to sound braggadocious or whatever, but I've now experienced it for myself where I've sat across the table or sat across from somebody in my office who is confessing significant sin. Love covers. I'm not talking about the kind of covering to hide your failures and mistakes so you can get in political office. I'm not talking about that. Love covers for the sake of the individual being able to get through it, get over it. Love doesn't cover to ignore or or, or, or to excuse. How many of you have ever been... St- going through a struggle, you you messed up, you committed a sin, I mean, since you've been in church, and you came in and you felt like everybody was watching you. Anybody ever go through that? A couple of you. Everybody. They probably weren't. But it felt that way. It's a great thing when they probably aren't versus maybe they are because somebody rather than covering uncovered all other commandments are covered in this one thing love your neighbor that word neighbor there looked it up it it it, it it means basically those close to you. He said, if you, if you lay down, he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down. That, that word lay there means to set, to set aside. I'm going to put my agenda, I'm going to put my uh, uh, you know, my, uh, my desires, my, my goals, my ambitions, I'm going to put them aside for your sake. Lay it down. We're not supposed to just tolerate each other. It is the mark of discipleship that we love one Father, out of all the the things, the qualities or characteristics you could identify with, you said you were love. You could have said you were power, authority, might, many other things, but your word says that you are love. God, I pray that you would help us. Lord, I'm I'm sure. It feels like at least there's always more we can be doing to reach the world. It feels like it's just never enough. And I pray that we would never lose sight of our fo- focus and purpose of taking the gospel to the world. But God, I pray tonight by your grace that we wouldn't be so caught up on taking the gospel to the world that we don't fulfill what's supposed to take place amongst us of loving one another, of loving one another fervently not just tolerating each other, not just putting up with each other, but loving one another, loving our neighbor, loving our brother and our sister as we love ourselves. God, you are love. The best that we can do in our humanity to love is its fallible. The best that we can come up with human love is nothing compared to your agape love. I pray, God, that afresh and anew in this congregation, in this body of believers, God, with all the things we may be striving for, all the things we may be reaching for, the gifts of the Spirit and spiritual things that we are believing, striving, and practicing, don't let us miss and overlook those foundational, fundamental things that you, you said very clearly when you were on this earth and throughout the epistles repeated and echoed by the writers, that the importance, the significance of love in your body. Brothers and sisters, help us tonight, Lord. Help us tonight. Lord, we're not here to just be a social club. We're not here to just be a, a group of people that gather together and just spend a little time together and have some kind of a common bond based on our likes and our preferences. We are a part of your body. And your body is supposed to be representative of you, so let your love flow afresh and anew through us to one another. God, any any breaches that there may be, any divisions that there may be between us and our brothers and sisters, I pray that by your grace those things would be mended and healed, Lord. That we would love each other the way you have loved us. In the name of Jesus, by the power of your Spirit, By your grace, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Praise God.